The following is a presentation of the Belly Up Sports Media Network. Ja Morant is in trouble again with more guns on social media. And of course, we can sit here and talk about how horrible he is, but we're going to mention what happened exactly and talk a little bit about Ja, as well as the NHL playoffs. We have one final game seven going on tonight between Dallas and Seattle. We're going to see who is going to make it to their conference championship game. And we, of course, have the NBA playoffs. The conference championship games are set there. We're going to talk about that. And two early college football picks. We're going to talk about some college football because, again, we all love college football on this show. And if you're watching this show, you probably like them too. Uh, you like college football. So we're going to talk about the Big Ten tonight. We're going to pick over or under for win totals. And we're going to talk about some college softball and MLB action. All of this and so much more today on Rising to the Occasion. What is up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Rising to the Occasion. We're so happy to be here on a wonderful Monday evening and bring you some more content, talking about some sports, of course, because that's all we talk about. But before we do so, we're going to bring up SeatGeek because they are our amazing sponsor for this evening. If you're looking for any kind of tickets, whether you're going to a sports uh, a sporting event or you're going to a concert, uh, a live show, whatever the case may be, you need to use SeatGeek. SeatGeek is my absolute favorite site to go and find tickets on because they make it so easy. You can find great deals. They make it very easy to find those great deals by their color codes and also just looking at the entire blueprint of the arena or stadium, wherever it is that you're going and finding exactly where your seat is at. That's something that most places don't tell you until after you've purchased the ticket. You can see exactly where you're sitting on the map and know exactly where at in the aisle you're sitting in, what, what row you're gonna be sitting in. There's so much about SeatGeek to love, but their color coding is probably my favorite feature about either the app or going online because you can go on there and if you see green, you know it's a great deal. And so you can check it out. Otherwise, it'll be yellow for just a moderate deal or red for not so great of a deal. But you can search for those great deals on SeatGeek and get even better deal by using code R2TO at checkout for $20 off. Uh, we have all used SeatGeek on, on this show and we absolutely love them. Our favorite place to go and find tickets. So check it out, SeatGeek.com or download the app and use code R2TO for $20 off your first purchase. But guys, we have so much to talk about. Of course, I'm going to bring in my two co-hosts for the evening. I've got Jeremy. You're back in Sioux City. I'm on the road. Jeremy, how you doing, man? I'm doing pretty good. It feels weird not being in the studio, but I mean, obviously, with everyone's schedules, you got to do what you got to do, and I'm just ready to talk some all-around sports. Yeah, we're just kind of showing our uh, kind of uh, our ability to be able to produce content, even though I'm on the road and we're we're all away and in separate locations we're still going to get some stuff done and even further south than sioux city is britain britain how you doing man i'm doing well man glad to be glad to be back on the show and uh, ready to talk some nhl some basketball some football some hockey some soccer some whatever we got going on yeah i mean we love talking about pretty much any sport we can get our hands on but let's start off before we get too much maybe into this sport get into the scandal that was going on yet again and another suspension for Ja Morant 
I mean, we have all talked about the previous incidents uh, that happened with Ja, uh, you know, how he uh, was accused of uh, allegedly punching a minor uh, a while back and then even uh, a shorter period of time back getting in some trouble with the NBA over a gun uh, in one of his social media posts where, you know, he was kind of flashing a gun at a strip club in, uh, I believe it was Denver, uh, you know, and, and so we thought that after that, maybe Jaw had gotten his head right, and he even came out and made a statement himself saying that he's, he's going to be doing better from now on. But then we see him kind of getting caught up in the same crowd and really pulling the same stunts, and it seems like something where he's just trying to be really cool because he's caught in a video that's since been deleted, uh, but a video of him kind of waving a gun around while driving and just, for one, just being irresponsible. Uh, I don't know how I, I don't really know how illegal uh, it was what he was doing i don't really know where he was at or anything like that so i don't really want to get into the legality issues but we we talked about this last time uh how reckless it is uh, and, and not just reckless but how immature it is for a guy that's in the nba you've got a lot of young people looking up at you uh, Britton, you were kind of mentioning how just kind of dumb jaws being you know and with the money that he's giving up by doing this this stuff yeah, I mean, again, I, I don't want to get into the legality, you know, side of things either. But, I mean, let's face it, it is illegal. I mean, if you are flashing up your gun at any point, it's illegal. You can't do it. Um, you know, we talked about this before with his with his incident in the strip club. This is a guy that's got a lot of power and and uh, uh, reputation, you know, to withhold or to withstand, you know, all all these young kids and young fans that are looking up to kids like this so it's just dumb and i think i finally understand what jaw stands for is just asinine i mean he's just he's just not using his head it's just dumb i mean you're you're, you're making multi-million dollar you know multi-million dollars a year and you've got a, a reputation withhold you know you're, you're not only representing yourself but you're representing uh the ball club you're representing that fan base that city it's just dumb. I don't understand it. Honestly, I think something something really needs to happen at this point. Yeah, I mean, he like I said before too. He just he he comes out and makes a statement saying that he's going to be better, and then we see this. I mean, uh, Jeremy, I, I know you had some some to say about Jaw too. I mean, it's just it's just irresponsible and immature of him to be going around on social media doing this stuff. Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, obviously, once you're out on social media, it gets out fast. I mean. Like you mentioned, he's trying to become better, but in my opinion, it, it doesn't seem like he's really doing better. And obviously, looking forward in the future, what's this going to end up for him in the career in the NBA? I mean, you're a phenomenal basketball player with a lot of talent, and obviously he you can show for what all you want, but if you're just going to keep digging yourself a hole and just doing stupid things like this, I mean, you're honestly just shooting yourself in the foot, no pun intended. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's totally silly for for him to be doing this. I mean, uh, you know, for each of us, we all we all have have dealt with guns and everything, but we don't sit there and brag about what guns we have on social media and showing them off and flashing them because we're responsible. We use those for our own personal protection and protecting our families, and maybe hunting, and and that's about it. Uh, and and that's what a responsible gun owner should be doing. And so it's not the fact that I think. 
Josh shouldn't have a gun or anything like that. And again, I don't want to get into the politics side of it, but just for the simple aspect of if he wants to have a gun to protect himself, I don't want to impede on his on whatever he he, he has to, to give him the those guns. But what I want is for him just to be responsible with it because you know we, we've already talked about it you know how not only are there little kids that are going to be looking up to him think about these young nine-year-olds who look at John ja Morant who is a phenomenal basketball player let's not let's not you know sugarcoat that he is a phenomenal basketball player one of the best to be doing it right now and so there's a lot of young kids that are going to look up and say I want to be like him and kind of in the similar situation that Jaws in now where they're going to think it's cool now to be going and posting this stuff on social media where it's reckless and let's be honest it's dangerous for for him to be doing this stuff and waving it around and it just puts a bad publicity uh you know on on just firearms in general uh so i mean it's just it's just silly that he'd be going out and doing this stuff and like you said jeremy not only is it on social media so it's going to get around fast but it's on social media and you're a huge person in the social media realm mm-hmm. So it's just ridiculous to see this, but uh, with Morant, he's he, his five-year, ninety-four or uh, sorry, one hundred and ninety-four million contract. Uh, it's a max contract. It was set to begin this upcoming season, and it could have escalated to be a super max if he would have made the All NBA this past season. And I think a part of why he didn't make that All NBA was because of his last scandal, because he was suspended for eight games, I think it was. Uh, you know, and just seeing where his his performance wasn't there, mainly because of those games. Uh, I mean, you see at what it, it's cost him. It's cost him close to thirty nine million dollars. Uh, not to even mention his endorsements. He's got Nike and Gatorade uh, and a few others that are, are pulling in money for him. And who knows how much money he's losing from these endorsement deals. So not only is it just irresponsible for those who are are seeing it from the outside, but I mean he's he's losing money for himself. Not only that, he but he, he could be putting his spot in the NBA at jeopardy, and that would be horrible for him, but also kind of horrible for us as NBA fans, as basketball fans, wanting to watch a player like him play. But, I mean, it's it's just kind of crazy to see all of this kind of going on. But uh, I, I guess enough for John ja Morant's story for now. You guys want to talk some NHL? Let's do Absolutely. it. All right, let's jump into it because the NHL, we've, we've been saying this since – before the Stanley Cup Finals had started, um, as we got closer to the Stanley Cup Finals and start to see started to see the the picture and what the playoff picture was going to look like, uh, we kept on hyping it up even more because it was getting more and more exciting. We talked about both in the uh, NHL and NBA how deep it is this year and how difficult it is. But I, I mean, first of all, Florida with their upsets, being able to see what they've been able to do. Uh, Britton just mentioned that a moment ago before we started recording this, uh, and then. Uh, Carolina being able to make it as far as they have as easy as they've they've made it uh you know I think Carolina had a little bit of a scare against the Islanders but they ended up winning that one pretty comfortably and then they just completely walked all over New Jersey to get where they're at and of course now we see the Golden Knights last night make a big upset and being able to pull it out uh and 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 beat the Oilers which uh, I mean not a lot of people were picking them uh and so just really exciting to see the Golden Knights where they're at, but now the last spot is still open and it comes down to a game seven. I mean, how much more exciting can this be? We've seen upsets like Florida uh, and uh, Vegas and the way that they've done what what they've been doing. Um, but then now it comes down to a game seven and a game seven of two very unlikely uh, you know, contenders because we've got the Kraken who 
they're in their second year. Nobody really counted them in for the playoffs, let alone making it past the first round against the Avalanche, who was the defending uh, champs. And then now they're going to a game seven against Dallas, who again was a team that I think in the beginning of the year wouldn't have been one of the top teams you put up there, but led by Joe Pavelski and uh, an amazing uh, defense. You've got Jake Ottinger and in in, uh, goalie. Uh, Dallas has looked really strong. Jeremy, I'll kind of start off with you. What do you have going on here in Game 7 for the Kraken versus the Stars? Looking at Game 7, uh, Seattle's defense definitely needs to be on their top game for this night. I mean, obviously having Joe Pavelski in front of the net, uh, his tipping ability is unbelievable. Um, just even being able to roll out into the soft spots where no one's thinking about and just getting that greasy rebound that no one's paying attention to him. Joe Pavelski has had a lot of those this just throughout the entire playoffs in general. But, I mean, looking at it, it's definitely going to be a high-scoring game like we've seen every game that Seattle and Dallas both have been in through the entire playoffs. But I'm still going to stick with my gut. As much as I would love to see Seattle pull it off tonight, I'm honestly still going to go with Lone Star State and see Dallas win game seven. I like it. Yeah, I mean, it's it's been fun to watch the Kraken and doing Absolutely. what they're doing. I think Grubauer has been really good compared to like how much they're, they're letting up on him. Uh, he's, he's been mm-hmm. playing really good the last two games. He's played phenomenal. Uh, but Britton, what do you have going on here in game seven? This is a tough one for me. Um, obviously anytime game seven comes, it's just this is it. <laughs> those things. Yeah. It, uh, it doesn't really make sense all the time of, of who's going to win this. Um, game sevens are always a little bit different. Um, I think I'm going to go with Jeremy, though. I've got Dallas winning this one. I, I'm not super like confident in saying it. Um, I think, I, again, either team could win this. Um, but I think this Game 7 right now, uh, it's about to start here in the time now, is is really going to come down to to one of two things. I think face-offs are going to be huge in this game. Um, and I think, you know, time in the, in the neutral zone is going to be, gonna be a fa- the factor here. Whoever gets more shots on goal, I think comes out ahead. Um, Jeremy mentioned the defense. Um, I think I think the defense needs to stand up for for either one of these teams um, and control. You know, there there's so many times here in this series we've seen you know goals been given up with uh, with you know a two on one opportunity, a three on two opportunity. The defense needs to get back in transition um, and help the goalies out here in this game seven. But I, I do have Dallas winning this one. All right, I like it. I mean, it, it's. Picking the, the home team, you know, I think the, the crowd is going to be one thing and it's going to be another factor. Um, personally, I feel like the biggest factor in this game, though, is going to be how each team is able to perform on power plays because we've seen two vast differences in power play units overall. We've seen Dallas, who is probably one of the best in, in the league right now, maybe right, right below the Oilers. Uh, I mean, Dallas has been phenomenal on the, on the power plays. Uh, at, at least in this playoff series, I might put them as the best uh, power play unit in, in this playoff series, or I guess in the, in the playoffs as a whole, just because of how well they've performed and how quick they're able to score. Um, but then on the other side, you have the Kraken, who really haven't been doing good on the power play units at all, uh, especially in this series. Uh, it, it's just it's been disappointing. But the one thing that the Kraken does have is just an overall five on five. Their offense is one of the best. We talked about it with the the Oilers' uh, power play and how they're able to kind of move around and, and just find the open creases. That's how it feels like the Kraken are constantly on five on five, is just being able to find the crease, find the lanes, 
and and, and make the puck hit, puck hit the back of the net. Uh, they've been phenomenal at it. I'm going to be against you guys on this one. Uh, I, I'm, it's probably more of an emotional pick, but I really want to see Seattle win this one, and I really feel like they can pull it out. I think they've been yeah. just completely on fire the last two games, really, uh, and, and seeing the way that they, they performed. Uh, I guess the, the two games ago, I guess, in game five was to, to Dallas, but uh, at least the last game that they, they played, uh, it was six to three for Kraken, if I remember correct. Uh, so it, it's it's just been one of those back and forth kind of matchups. Uh, it started off, it was Dallas, and then the Kraken, Dallas, and then the Kraken. Uh, and so if it keeps on that pattern, Dallas wins tonight. But I'm going to go with uh, the Kraken being able to pull up, pull off the upset, and we'll see another another uh, little upset here in the playoff series. Uh, it's it's just been incredibly fun though, and I feel like you can't really pick wrong on this unless you're picking the under you have to pick the over uh so mm -hmm. i mean it's just it's one of those those matchups that for a while it was at uh five and a half i think the line that i saw recently it got bumped up to six and then i think tonight was at six and a half but i still hit that over on it just because i have faith in uh one of these teams being able to pull out enough to get, <laughs> hit the over on it but yeah it's, it's going to be a really fun game uh, we'll kind of look at the other matchup uh so before we get into what's going to be going on in the West, so the winner of this game will go against the Vegas Knights, let's talk about the matchup uh, a little bit because we've, we've had Miami make their way into the, the conference uh, championship game there uh, going against Florida. I, I feel like we have to talk about at least Florida and how amazing it's been to see the journey that they've, they've been on to get where they're at. Um, Britton, I know you said something a minute ago about, you know, man, like, what's going on here? Who picked who picked Florida? It's kind of making us look like idiots for not having not picked them, but I feel like everyone in the sports world is, is kind of an idiot uh, when, when it comes to Florida. You know, Florida is Florida's doing one thing right now to, to win these games. They're playing their game, and that's what they've done since the playoffs have started. They have never wavered. They're always going to stick to the game plan, they might go down and have to come back. They might be up big, but they stick to the game plan. And that's that's what Florida's doing right now. And that's what's winning them games. They never hesitate. They continue to play. If they lose a game, they come back the next game and they continue to do what they what they've done all along. And that's find a way to win. Um nobody obviously had Florida going this far even, let alone, you know, a lot of people didn't have Florida going to the playoffs, right? So they're no. they're wild for a team. Here they are, they make it, and, and they just stick to the game plan. They, they just find a way to win. Um, that's what they need to continue to do. I, I, I find it hard to believe that they can beat Carolina here because Carolina is just so good. Yeah. But you know what? If Florida continues to do what they're doing, it, they might make a game out of it. Yeah, I mean, we've, we've seen them upset Boston, who was considered the greatest hockey team of all time before what happened to them in that first round. Uh, you know, so they were able to beat Boston. Who's to say they can't beat, uh, you know, the the Hurricanes here in the, this conference finals, Jeremy? I mean, it's it was definitely a a thing that nobody certainly expected by any means necessary. But um, going back to the the Florida Panthers, like I mentioned earlier, this is like a Cinderella story for everybody right now, especially for everyone on the Florida Panthers roster, like. Obviously, you mentioned everybody had their doubts that Florida would beat Boston at the start of the series. Then, well, we are all wrong. Then going to the next round, then same situation. But I mean, 
this is definitely something that's fun. Even looking at their um, like their roster, like with Matthew Kachuk, like he's their leading scorer in um, points and in assists. And I know um, it's just been all around lights out for them. But looking into um, the Carolina situation, that's definitely going to be fun as well for um, their skating ability. Then um, obviously got Brett Burns back on the D. Then their goalie situation has been lights out, then playing strong and playing dominant. Then, like Br- Britain said, the best four has just been doing one thing and sticking to the game plan, just just doing one thing at a time and just keep it rolling. Yeah, you guys, you guys know that I'm I'm kind of rooting for the Hurricanes, just because I had that future in on them. Uh, they're the last team alive in the playoffs right now, so I feel like I have to really get behind them and root for them. But uh, I mean, it's it's been a lot of fun to see both these teams. I feel like uh, seeing the way that the the way that Carolina's been able to make it to where they're at uh, has been a lot of fun. Um, but I, I mean, it, it's really hard to root against Florida for what they've been able to do. Uh, and, and, you know, just being able to see not just the big upset against Boston, but then almost walking away with a sweep against a Toronto team that was looking red hot. It looked like they were mm-hmm. they were here for revenge. They were they were ready to put the narrative that they can't get past the first round to bed and then go on a mission. They put that one to bed by coming back and firing back really hard against the Lightning and couldn't do anything against a Florida team who really didn't deserve to be there. Uh, you know, and they, they they didn't they didn't deserve to be in the playoffs, like Britton said. Uh, let alone in the second round now. So I mean, it's it's been insane. It's been a lot of fun uh, to be able to see where we've gotten to uh, with all of this. But who is your guys' uh, pick now to win it all? Mine's mine's still Carolina. I'm still sticking with Carolina. I think mm-hmm. I think they're going to be the team to be able to to win it all when I when I see who all is left. That's who I've got right now. I'm stuck between uh, Carolina, Florida, and Vegas. So, so you're, three, you, you're the, the only the only three teams that are still in it. Yeah, literally, <laughs> it's hard to pick one when all of them are so good. Yeah, it is. It's really tough. I mean, Vegas isn't so honestly. I think it's going to be Vegas against Carolina, and that's going to be a really fun matchup if it comes down to that because. We've, we've talked about Vegas. Vegas was kind of my dark horse. Uh, I don't know why I didn't put a future in on them uh, because I, I think that would have been pretty hot. But it, just seeing where they're coming from and seeing how they've played, they just keep everything in front of them. They don't let anything get too far. I mean, they were able to handle the Oilers, and, and, and they did it in such a fashion that was just so fun to watch. I mean, Vegas Golden Knights are a really fun team. Uh, and it wouldn't surprise me at all if they were able to, to, to steal it all, too. So I feel like it's going to be between those two. I'm picking the, the Hurricanes, though, just because I think the Canes probably have the most of what it takes. Yeah, I've got Florida if winning Florida, it all right now. If Florida were to win this all, this would be the biggest Cinderella story for all of guys' career. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that it, it would be insane. Uh, if, if I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm rooting for Florida. I, I, don't, I don't really have a team that I'm just all in on, um, but – of course, just for my bet's sake, I'm gonna keep on keep on the Hurricanes. Uh, there there. Plus, plus we're kind of uh, in the works of trying to work a former Hurricanes player on the show. I don't want to mention any names yet, but we're we're trying to push that through. So, let's, did you uh, let's, uh, did you bet on tonight's game? Any, any either one of you? I took the over. I, it was sitting at six and a half tonight, so I took the over. I feel like it's gonna hit seven pretty easy. I took the name. Took a little cracking on there. 
Yeah, the Kraken are the underdogs right now. So they are. So yeah, Britain likes those underdog bets. So you're picking yeah. you're picking Dallas to win. Yeah, I think but, Dallas wins, but uh, take the money off if Kraken can win. Yeah, yeah, I like it. All right, let's jump it's, over to the NBA playoffs, guys. So, oh, what was that, Britain? It's a home game for Dallas, so yeah, yeah, and I think it's a, it's a smart move too. I think I, I think Dallas has the upper hand really, and that's why you work so hard during the season to get those higher seeds. Because when if it does no, come no, down no. to a game seven, you want that home home ice advantage. But let's jump over to the NBA where that home field, that, that home court advantage there, uh, really helped out for Boston. I mean, we were talking about it, and it was really tough, I think, for all of us to pick one team or the other. I was riding with Philly. I just thought there's no way that Boston's going to be able to win two in a row against them. But Boston didn't just win. They killed them. I think the third quarter was 31-10 to 10 in the third quarter alone. Mm-hmm. I mean, just uh, – or sorry, 33-10. to 10. I just now looked this up, uh, or I just now pulled it up. It's 33-10 to 10 in the third quarter. I mean, Boston used that home court advantage to their fullest extent. And not only that, but one player that we, we all talked about, and I, I'm, I'm not going to take credit as if we were the only ones to talk about him. I've heard plenty of other sports uh, pers- and personalities talking about uh, how Jason Tatum needs to step up in these big-time moments, needs to have that clutch gene. Uh, but we did talk about that, and we talked about how it just seems like that's the the face of the franchise. That's who you want to see step up into that role whenever they need him the most. And I feel like he's been inching his way in in this series where he has been that player. But in this game, he was more than the, the man that was going to complete the mission. He had 51 points, shot 17 for 28 uh, and 11 for 14 at the free throw line. Just 51 points, an amazing game for him. Uh, but... It just you, you didn't see much from the MVP on the other side of the court. Uh, James Harden had a flagrant that really seemed like it just changed the momentum in the game. Uh, Jeremy, I mean, I know you were picking the Celtics, but did you think that the Celtics would be able to win 112 to 88? I honestly didn't think it was going to be like that. Like, <laughs> I thought in my mind it was going to be like a three-point game, not like a – it wasn't – it was a blowout in my yeah. opinion. Like, I was – I was not expecting this one out, but I mean, overall, I'm really happy with the overall outcome because I was really on the fence when we talked about this previous episode. If I wanted to go Philly or Boston, and I'm really glad I stuck with my gut and went with Boston. But overall, I'm really excited for the next round and just to see what Boston can truly do, and hopefully, we can win this thing. Yeah, and I, I think it's going to be a really fun series between Boston and Miami. I mean, that's going to be a blast. Uh, just seeing what Jimmy, Jimmy Buckets, Buckets has done. Him, and I, th- I think Tyler Hero should be back. Ky- uh, Kyle Lowry okay. has been has been playing really well in this playoff series. Uh, really good defense at the very least. Um, but then yep. seeing Jason Tatum step up, and really the entire team. Marcus Smart has been showing up in this uh, past series too. But Britain, it was an amazing win for the Celtics uh, to push them over the top in Game 7 there at home. Yeah, it was. And if you're talking about this series here, I I never would have expected Miami to go this far. Yeah. At all. I mean, Miami's beating, beating almost, the number one, uh, the number one seed, Milwaukee. Yeah, I mean, no, they're they're almost as as big of a surprise to me at this point as Florida is in the NHL playoffs. I mean, I I, I watched their first series. I watched and I and I just couldn't believe. You know, here's Miami who. Sh- Again, shouldn't have even made the playoffs, in my opinion. 
find a way into the playoffs, and then do some damage. Um, yeah. I think that's going to be a really fun matchup. I do look for Boston to win that series. Um, I think it's going to be a Boston Lakers uh, for the championship. Yeah, I mean, it's it was crazy to see Miami, and really even on the other side, uh, we'll talk about them in a moment, but you know, seeing the, the play-in tournament, I was kind of on the fence with the, the whole play-in tournament and seeing how that went, but to I see... a lot. What was that? I enjoyed the play-in tournament a lot. Yeah, yeah, I was too. Yeah, it was it was crazy to see how you know the Heat. They lost to the Hawks. They got really ran over by the Hawks, which was just kind of a shock. But then they ended up beating the Heat, sneaking in at the eight, eight seed, and it was like, ah, good job, you made it in. But for me, it was kind of like a man. They ha- they had to be given a second chance just to make it to the playoffs. I mean, that just kind of felt wrong to me. But to see what they did against Milwaukee and. It wasn't like they were going against a, a Milwaukee team that had no Giannis. They had Giannis in other than, I think, one and a half games or maybe two games total. Uh, so, I mean, they, they, they handled business there, and they did it pretty easily. And then moving on, then they're able to handle the Knicks no problem. I didn't feel like the Knicks really deserved too much to be in the position they're in. Uh, but to- for, a team, for a team to be able to do what you're, what you're describing right now, where they're kind of given a second chance, and it's kind of like, well, they didn't really earn their spot there, but but they took their that opportunity and they and they ran with it. So that's that's awesome to see, right? Yeah. So can you maybe see, uh, you know, the college football community or community committee um, seeing things like this and saying, you know, maybe this expansion is a really good idea because you know the UFC story uh, under Scott Frost last year really started sparking this, you know, a lot more, you know, where we started seeing, you know, the talk for the expansion. And, hey, that's essentially what the NBA did. The NBA said, that's a good idea. Well, I think we'll steal it. And they pretty much expanded it, but they're in their, in their own little way. And you, you're seeing a pan off for a team like Miami. Yeah, yeah, and it's it's really fun to see that. Uh, and for them to have made made that chance out of nothing, that's it's really fun. I think that kind of makes the argument for – uh, that play on tournament. I mean, it made it very clear this year, anyways. Uh, so maybe the NBA is rigged. Maybe that's where we go with this. That's right. Start that. <laughs> yeah. But no, I mean, it, it very similar situation over in the West when you see the Lakers and what they had to do. Uh, they had to go through the play in and in, in series. Uh, they went against the Timberwolves, beat them to get that number seven seed. So not quite as Cinderella like as Miami, but. Still very much in the same sense because not only did they beat a pretty good Grizzly team handedly, um, but then they went on to beat the Golden State Warriors, who, let's be honest, I, I was one of them. Uh, I was counting the Lakers out. There's no way that the Lakers are making it all the way to the conference championship game. I don't care if they have LeBron. I don't care. AD is just going to be injured, but that's not the case. Uh, they were able to, to stay healthy. LeBron has been phenomenal in this this playoffs, uh, and AD has been far better than I, I could have imagined just because he's healthy. Um, but to see him healthy, AD is one of the, the one of the best players in the NBA when he's healthy. Uh, I, I, it's just, it's undeniable. And to see him step into that when they need him the most. Uh, and then of course, to see some of the other role players step in whenever they really needed them. Uh, I think Dennis Schroeder really stepped into his role uh, early on, maybe in the, the Memphis game, and even even backing up into the Timberwolves game, I felt like that was kind of their Schroeder show, and uh, and them winning that game. So it's just yeah. been a lot of fun. Another team, Britain, that I think 
that play-in series really shows that we can get some good good uh, good NBA basketball to be played out of it. Yeah, you can. I think the Lakers finally did something right by bringing in a guy like Dennis Schroeder because you've already got your veteran guys, like, like you mentioned, your AD. And you guys know how high I am on Dennis Schroeder. I think he was an excellent pick for them. I really do. Um, I think he's he's going to be fantastic in the future. I think, as uh, Donald Trump would say, he's going to be it's going to be huge. You know, it's going to be huge, just huge, huge. huge. He's a great huge. player, and he's, he's a good facilitator of the ball. Um, and, and you're putting him putting him in with you know guys like LeBron and AD, and God, if AD could just stay healthy, um, you know, on a consistent basis. I think he his stock would continue to rise. Not like not that anybody's counting him out, but the Lakers are really good. LeBron's playing phenomenal, like he always does. This is playoff time. This is LeBron James. I think LeBron James and the Lakers go all the way. Um, I've been high on the Lakers since the beginning of this playoff tournament, which it's hard not to with with AD and LeBron and like I said, Dennis Schroeder now. So yeah, it's it's really impressive what the, what they're doing. Um, when you can, anybody can knock off Golden State, you're doing something right. Yeah, I mean, it's it's hard to bet against LeBron, but I just didn't see anything during the season. Even when LeBron was hot, it just seemed like the rest of the team wasn't or LeBron wouldn't be hot, and then the other teammates would have to pick up in his role when they were doing good. And it was just I didn't see enough there to, to carry them, uh, you know, and, and especially the way that they just barely beat uh, the Timberwolves, I think they beat them by like five or six points. So, you know, just to see where the Lakers were, uh, it was just hard for me to really say that I felt like they would be able to make it this far, especially when you look at what Golden State has. It's not just Steph Curry. Uh, it's not just Clay Thompson and Steph Curry. You've got Draymond Green on defense, and of course that's the trio that we're, we're used to. But uh, even Looney, I think seeing Looney – down low, I think he's been a very physical player and very good for for the Warriors. Uh, and then, of course, you got Jordan Poole and Andrew Wiggins uh, coming off of his injury and playing big. I just I didn't think they would have enough to be able to beat uh, you know the Warriors uh, you know of, of all teams. I just I didn't see it. Uh, and so I mean I, I was definitely proven wrong. Shout out to Blake. Blake had the Lakers all the way from the beginning. I think uh, so. You know, he, was, he was behind them. But Jeremy, I mean it's it's going to be a lot of fun. You're going to see. LeBron going against the Joker, uh, you know, and seeing what these two high caliper players can do, uh, but then also with two high caliper off offenses or, or not just offenses, but uh, two high high caliper teams in general going against each other. Yeah, it's definitely going to be a fun series to say the least. Like you just mentioned, LeBron versus the Joker. Then it's going to be a really fast paced game, in my opinion. Just not even a game, just a series in general. Like. Obviously, everyone's looking at the Joker's numbers for what he's put up in the series. Then looking at LeBron, Anthony Davis, then anybody on each roster can all of a sudden come up and have a heck of a game. Like, you really can't sleep on any of these guys. Like, one night they may not have their best at game. They may put 10, 12 points or whatever the whatever the number be in the, on the board. But then the next night they can come out and smoke you and have – a 40, 41, heck, even 45-point game. And, I mean, if, if I had to pick a team, honestly, just for a guess right now, I I honestly want to go with the Lakers in this one. 
Yeah. Uh, well, let's go ahead and make our picks. You're, you're, uh, Jeremy, you're going to go with the Lakers in that that yeah. series. What, what's your pick for the Heat versus Celtics? Ooh. In that one, I, as, as much as I want to go with the Celtics, I honestly think, I honestly think the Heat are going to pull it off. Really? Okay, I like it. Uh, so... I guess, Britton, I'll let you go first. What's what's your, your pick in each each uh, conference there? Yeah, I, I said it just a moment ago, but I've got the uh, Lakers-Celtics for the for the championship game. Okay, yeah, I like it. Uh, Jeremy, I'm going right with you. I'm going to pick the Lakers. I just feel like LeBron and AD, if they're both healthy and they're both firing yeah. on all yeah. cylinders, I, I like the Lakers a lot. And I'm going to go with the Heat as well just because I think it should be the Celtics and six. That's, that's my... Yeah. That's my brain saying this is what makes sense, but yeah, you know. So, so I think the the Celtics and, and six makes sense. You know, giving the Heat two, I can understand that. But it just seems like a Cinderella kind of year where we've seen teams like Florida and we've seen teams like Miami. We've seen teams like the Lakers be able to work up to the where, where they're at now. How amazing would it be to see a number seven seed against a number eight seed in the NBA Finals? Yeah. That'd that be unbelievable. Just, yeah, that'd be so much fun. Yeah, I mean, I, we'll have to look it up. Um, but, I mean, that's that's our picks for now. I think Britain was the only one with the Celtics over there uh, on the on the East. But uh, we'll have to see what, what uh, Blake's feeling right now, too. And, and we'll have to kind of throw those picks in there before everything gets going. But I, I don't know. I just, it just feels like there's an upset coming in the East just because of the way Miami has played in these playoffs. Uh, and it's just it's been crazy. Uh, and like I said, I think them adding Tyler Hero, which is a 20-point score, uh, you add him to the offense, and that offense can be very elite. So I mean, I just I, I'm 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 scared for the Celtics. They they kind of gave me too many worries against, you know, really in the last two rounds. I feel like they should have handled the Hawks much easier than they did, uh, and they should have handled uh, Philly a little easier than they did when you compare the two teams against each other and what what was all at hand. But uh, I, I think that pretty much wraps us up on the NBA. I guess before we get out, I do see Cold Iron 0727 is in the chat. He says Hawks got off to a big lead and they didn't have the offense to catch him. I think he's referring to the the uh, uh, the the Heat in that play-in series. But yeah, I mean it was it was phenomenal to see the way that the Hawks played in that game. I think that was like the one game that kind of made me feel like, man, maybe the Hawks have something because that was a perfect game from them. Um, but then, you know, the Heat just couldn't keep up with them. Um, but let's go ahead and bring up our other sponsor for the evening. Uh, again, we, we love all of our sponsors, but one sponsor definitely holds true to our hearts here because we are powered by Mahler Bros Golf. Uh, Mahler Bros Golf, it's Britain and I's company that we built up from the ground up and putting it out there so that golfers can get a golf polo that helps them look good. You know, we can't help you golf good. Uh, we can give you tips and pointers and things that have helped us in our golf game, but we can't make you any better. But we can definitely make you look better by giving you the best polos we can offer. Uh, we've got a, a never-ending uh, array of designs that we're trying to add more to uh, and, and make those available to you. Uh, and on top of that, we're always taking suggestions for new, new designs. We know people, and we've even had people reach out to us uh, through the, our email on the site itself. Uh, so all kinds of things that are kind of bringing us to 
making more designs and making cooler designs, something that more people will enjoy. We've got very subtle designs and very sleek designs. We've also got these loud and kind of obnoxious designs that some golfers really like. I know Britton and I are kind of air on that side where we like those kind of loud designs, the fun designs that are just gonna pop on the golf course. But not only that, but it's gonna make you feel good whenever you're on the golf course. A very soft, stretchy material, uh, very lightweight, very breathable. Uh, and it's truly one of the greatest polos I have ever worn. Uh, and it's my go-to polo for whenever I'm going golfing. Uh, not only that, but I've also worn my polos to different events. Uh, you can see on the overlay, if you're watching on YouTube, uh, the overlay with, with the American flag polo, that's one that I love wearing on 4th of July and I get compliments every time I wear it. Uh, and it's, we've just got a ton of designs that are going to pop and make people ask where you got that from. And you can tell them you got it at MahlerBros.com. That's M-A-H-L-E-R-B-R-O-S.com. And you can use code RISINGTO that's R-I-S-I-N-G-T-O for 10% off just for listening to this podcast. Um, Britton, I know you and I have both worn our polos out of the course. What's one thing that kind of stands out uh, to you with Mahler Bros? Honestly, it's uh, other than the designs, uh, it's, it's the comfort level. Um, you know, we, we golf in, you know, obviously a lot in the summertime. Um, I've tried a lot of different brands. Some of them are a little too thick and I get sweaty. Um, these are really nice. Uh, it's weird. They keep you, they keep you warm enough, but they're not too warm and they keep you cool. Um, the, the stretchiness to them, the feeling of them, uh, just great material. Absolutely love them. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we love wearing our, our polos. Uh, like I said, we've had people stop us and ask us where we got them. They'll do the same for you whenever you buy Mala Rose golf polos. Uh, and we don't just have polos. We also have fun t-shirts, uh, which is another thing that I've been working on, trying to get more designs out and hats and mugs and tumblers and all kinds of things to make your golfing experience better. So go to MahlerBros.com and use code RISING2 for 10% off. But guys, we absolutely love college football and it's been torture to be sitting here and talking about all of these other sports and not be able to talk about college football as well. Uh, you know, we've been able to talk a little bit of football with the NFL draft and stuff and touching on football, but college football is really where our heart is. And so we're going to jump into it. We're going to start with the Big Ten tonight, just because I know that we have Britton on. We didn't have Blake, so I didn't want to touch the SEC without Blake. He's kind of our SEC guy. But Britton, you're more of the big, big Ten guy here in the, in the crowd. So we had to make sure we touch on, on the Big Ten while we're here. We're going to hit on each team in the Big Ten, and we're going to guess the over- or under on the win totals for this season. It's gonna be a really fun year in the Big Ten. Uh, when I look at each team and kind of see where they're projected and what's gonna be going on in the Big Ten, I do think this is gonna be kind of one of those one of those rebranding years for the Big Ten because you're not gonna have Ohio State with the same quarterback. So what's gonna be happening there? Illinois has been really good uh, at really the past two seasons, but last year they looked really good. Uh, and there's a few other teams like that that you're kind of seeing Purdue with a new coach. Uh, so we're going to kind of start off. Uh, I'll, I'll start off with kind of the lower numbers, so the, the lower win totals and what they're projected to have. And we'll start off with, of course, Northwestern at the lowest. Uh, kind of expected to be at the, at the bottom of the list. They're going through a little bit of a rebranding phase right now, at least with their stadium. Um, but, Britton, we'll start off with you, Northwestern. They're at three and a half. Do you think, see them going over or under that three and a half? Yeah, so that, that uh, over-under makes a lot of sense, right? The last two years, um, it's, they've been horrible. The thing about Fitzgerald is 
he's typically an every other year kind of guy. Yeah. Uh, unfortunately, last year just didn't, didn't work out. So I find it hard to believe as good of a coach as I really do think he is. For, for a small program as they have, I think he's an excellent coach and does very, very well there. I know the wins haven't added up in the past couple of years, but I do think that they finally, you know, get over that hump a little bit this year. Um, I, I don't see them winning the Big Ten West, nothing like that, but I do think that they go over that three and a half. I project them more in the four to five, maybe six. I, I would count six as a good year for them, um, but I, I will go with the over on that just because, like I said, Fitzgerald is typically, you know, a coach that, that, that rebounds very well. Unfortunately, last year didn't work out, but. I think uh, Fitz, he's a good coach, and he'll get it done this year. Yeah, yeah, I agree with you. And it's kind of funny looking back at last season because Northwestern was – they had the worst record in all of college football in in America. They only had one win, and that was not even on American soil. Uh, so really sad for them. Uh, we won't mention who it was against. We'll just kind of skip by and pretend like that didn't even happen in Ireland. Um, but, you know, it's just kind of funny to see how they come back to the U.S. soil and can't get a single win, uh, as, as impressive as they looked in week one. Um, but, Jeremy, three and a half for Northwestern. You see them going over or under on that? I'm kind of I'm kind of thinking about it. I honestly think with three and a half, I think they can maybe squeeze four, so I'm going with the over on this. All right, yeah, I like it. Uh, and looking at their schedule, I feel like at least with their non-conference schedule, they should be able to squeeze a couple out of there, and then you would think they could maybe squeeze one or two in the Big Ten this year. Uh, and, and I do agree with Britton. Uh, I think when you look at Fitzgerald and his pattern of how he is as a coach and his records, uh, he is kind of an every other year, every two to three years kind of coach where he'll bounce yeah. up and have, have a really good season. He'll make it to the Big Ten championship game, for goodness sakes, with Northwestern. So, I mean, yeah, I totally agree with you guys there. I think they're going to hit the over on that three and a half. Uh, Let's jump to IU. IU is sitting at four. Uh, I don't like when they're sitting on an even number, so I'm going to round that up to four and a half. Britton, start us off with IU. If you're going four and a half, I'm going to give them the under because I think four is right about where IU's at. Um, I didn't see IU go after any any big-name guys uh, from the transfer portal. Not a a really impressive recruiting class. Uh, It's IU. Um, they're probably going to be the one of the bottom feeders of the Big Ten for, for years to come. Um, they're one of those teams that may have a year here and there just randomly. Uh, I don't think this next year uh, is it. I will say the Big Ten West is wide, wide open. Um, unfortunately, they're not there. So um, uh, they don't. I don't remember the crossover games that they have off the top of my head, but I, I just don't see IU, you know, they didn't, again, they didn't go after anybody big. I didn't see a good recruiting class. I, I don't I don't have a reason to believe that they they would be any better than than four wins. Yeah, I I saw Tom Allen go out and talk about how he feels like they've really enhanced the roster, but it, I don't really see it like you said. Uh, and not only that, but there some of the the teams on their schedule they've got Ohio State is who they they open up against, uh, and then they play yeah. Michigan, Penn State. Uh, so I mean, just it's it seems like kind of a stretch. I do agree with you. Uh, I, I think I'm sticking on the at the end or two at four. But Jeremy, do you think they can reach five? Five wins on their total schedule? This one I'm sticking with the under. Like you just mentioned, looking at their season, starting off with um, Ohio State, I mean, that's the way to start a college season. I mean, you got to show it first week right out of the get-go. Then, obviously, like you mentioned, against Michigan, Penn State, then it's definitely going to be a rough season for IU. So I'm sticking with the under on this one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I don't blame you. Like I said, I totally agree because – 
it's just a tough one too. Um, our next one though is Rutgers. They're also going to be at four and a half as uh, what they're projected. Uh, the Rutgers are, are one of those kind of sneaky good teams, but uh, I guess, Jeremy, I'll kind of flip it over to you to start us off this time. Do you think the Rutgers can reach that four, uh, you know, or, or do you think they'll they'll cap out at four, or do you think they can reach over four and a half? I'm, I'm going with the over on this one. I'm going maybe, I'm going with five on this one. Like, um, looking at their games this year, like obviously traveling to Michigan, uh, Wisconsin, Penn State, even coming to our neck, and the coming to Iowa, then um, – that's it's going to be fun. Then obviously, um, the first three weeks against Rutgers is going to be uh, it's going to be fun. I say at least I'm sticking with I'm going with the over on that one. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Um, I, I think when I'm looking at their schedule, seeing you know with uh, you know so we've got Northwestern to start off. There's Temple, Virginia Tech, uh, you know, and then jumping down, you've got Wagner. Uh, jumping down a little further, you've got IU, who I, I, I'm not too hot on. And then Iowa is kind of one of those uh, up-in-the-air games, too. So, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I think they can reach five games when I'm looking at their schedule. Uh, I think there's going to yeah. be one of those games in there hidden in the schedule. Maybe it's a Wisconsin or Michigan State that's kind of an upset. Um, but I also think they can squeeze three or four wins in those easy wins yeah. that should be wins for them. But, Britton, are you hitting the over or under on uh, the Rutgers Scarlet Knights? Four and a half? Oh, this is a tough one for me because I'm – I'm pretty much with Vegas there on on that on the odds there, so I think I'll give them the over um, because Rutgers. It's hard to say they're a good team, right? Because they're not, but they're a good team for Rutgers, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. But for coming to the Big Ten um, and having to play Big Ten teams, um, they are. I mean, from when them they and Maryland first came in, they were a complete joke. Like it, it was a head scratcher. Is why Big Ten would even allow them in the conference, but there's both those teams have slowly started gaining respect. Um, definitely not, not in leaps and bounds by any means, but slowly, you know, one step at a time. So I do, I do see Rutgers as a team that's capable of, of going out and having that upset uh, week. And uh, I think there are other teams on that schedule that they can win. I, I could see them getting to five um, a little hesitant, but I'll take the over on that. Yeah, I like it a lot. Uh, it's just it seems like they should be able to reach five, but I'd agree with you. I think that line is perfect for them, just because it's either going to be four or five. I don't really see a sixth or seventh win in there at all. Uh, so it's it's mm-hmm. tough to to say they go too much more over that. But the next one is Nebraska on the list at five and a half. Britain, you know Nebraska better than any of us. Looking at their schedule, do you think Nebraska can get six wins and go bowling this year with a new head coach? I I do. I'm not optimistic enough to say that they're going to win seven or eight um but i think six is very reasonable um a they have a really easy schedule compared to what they've had in the in the past three or four years um i mean nebraska has been pounded with their schedule uh the past several years here um so i do see a lot of winnable games on there uh i'm really excited about the new coaching staff i think that the system that that mark satterfield is going to be bringing in um on offensive side fits the big 10 better than what you know, Mark Whipple, Mark Whipple's system did not work in the Big Ten. Uh, I mean, Nebraska, I will say, thanks to Trey Palmer, Nebraska had one of the better offenses in the Big Ten last year, although the record didn't show it. Their offenses were, were one of the better teams. But in order, that's not that's not what wins Big Ten, right? You know, just because yeah, you can put up points or yards and points doesn't really doesn't really mean as much. When, when you're putting that, you know, that touchdown up in 30 seconds, 
and then yeah. your defense is on the field. So you need a team that's that's you know willing to to run the ball and grind the clock and be a tough physical team. You have to have that, and you have to be able to grind that clock in the Big Ten. Um, you know, last year, or or if you look at the year prior where we had Samari Toure, um, where you'd have the deep shots, or J.D. Spielman with deep shots. You know, those are great, right? Those are a lot of fun to watch. But those don't win you Big Ten games because your defense is on the field too long. So a good offense sometimes is a slow but mature offense, right? And I think that's what Mark Satterfield's going to finally bring to Nebraska. There's all this talk about the fullback. Um, matter of fact, Nebraska just picked up a brand-new fullback, a kid specifically to come here to play fullback, uh, which is awesome to hear. Um, so, you know, having that fullback, that eye formation, being able to run the ball is, is big uh, in the Big Ten. Um, on the other side of the ball with defense, I think we finally found some guys that can be, you know, solid pass rushers. I think our defensive line will, will be a little bit improved this year. Um, that's where Nebraska struggled in the past is giving up those chunk yards. You know, Nebraska doesn't really typically give up a ton of big plays, but they give up those five, six yards, you know, consistently, and they allow teams to just beat the crap out of them in the trenches, and that's what gets them. So I think if we can finally put all that together, I'm not going to say, you know, that the that you know we're going to win the Big Ten West or or that you know we're going to go on or that Jeff Sims is going to win the Heisman. <laughs> My guys giving no, you crap today. I, I, I already get you know I'm already getting uh, we're splitting it for Dad and I. We each get 2,500 bucks uh, when wow. Jeff Sims does not make it to New York. So uh, wow, I'm definitely looking cool. forward definitely looking forward to that payout. Um, but <laughs> but, but no, I, 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 I think six wins is very reasonable here. I really yeah. do. They have a schedule and they have they brought in some talent. They did go yeah, after the transfer portal hard. Yeah, I think they brought in, uh, you know, they, they brought in a, a good amount from the transfer portal. I don't know how much of it will transfer to this team. I don't really, I, I didn't see enough chemistry or anything like that so far. I haven't paid as, as much attention as you have, but uh, I, I'm not sure. But I do think under rule, I think six wins is kind of a, an, ex, an expectation. And I also think it's something that is very easily attainable. Uh, like you said, too, I think with Satterfield coming from South Carolina, he's going to know how to go against those big, tough defenses and being able to kind of, you know, kind of crank that, that clock out, but also be able to put uh, points up on the board very well, uh, like he did there. Um, but, you know, and also to kind of speak to Mark Whipple's offense, I don't think that translated well to Nebraska as a whole because you really had, you know, maybe three three stars on that team on that offense and then a few uh, really good players and just not enough to really kind of kind of uh, mesh into that system where it's really that system is meant for you know five speed players not two speed players and a couple that are almost there and you know so I just feel like uh, this is definitely going to fit better but I'm looking at Nebraska's schedule I feel like Minnesota, Colorado, Northern Illinois, Louisiana Tech, uh, even Illinois is a kind of a, one of those toss-up ones, but Northwestern, uh, I think Purdue uh, on a, a kind of a rebuild year with a brand new coach, I think that should be a win. Maryland's another toss-up, and I feel like Wisconsin, I don't really know what we're going to what we should expect out of Wisconsin yet with Luke Fickle going up there. Uh, so I definitely see six games that I think uh, Nebraska can can win for sure. Um, but I feel like laptop in, but I'm listening. All right, uh, but Jeremy, do you, you you kind of agree with with the Nebraska fan kind of going on a rant here, or do you think uh, maybe the the Huskers take a little bit of a fall from what their expectations are and just hit five? I mean, I'm kind of going on the positive side for Nebraska this year. Obviously, I know with all their lovely head coach 
Um, the the last couple of head coaches that they got Scott Frost, and now obviously with Rule coming into the picture, like like you just mentioned, looking at their schedule, I think that six will be a, at least six will be a good number for Nebraska. Then, like you also mentioned, with some of the guys, I don't know obviously exactly who Nebraska got from the transfer portal. Then um, it, it's definitely going to be a that's obviously everyone's big concern. What's Rule's first year as a head coach in Nebraska going to be like? Is is it going to be a complete dumpster fire? Is it going to go all the way to a bowl game? Or is it going to be something that you can never know we get? Um, we can get anything out at this point. Um, I, I'm sticking with the over, but I'm, I'm going to stick with a solid six, at least, looking at their schedule. Yeah, and I feel like they could win seven. That's It's going to be a fun team to watch. Uh, and not only that, but in the transfer portal, too, I think you got two or three guys from Georgia alone which is a great place to get to get to get transfers from. Uh, so stealing them from from Kirby Smart, that's that's no joke. But let's jump on down to Illinois. Uh, again, they're set at an even six. And the, the numbers I'm seeing right now, I don't like putting it at an even number. So I'm going to bump them up. I'm going to round everybody up uh, to six and a half now. Uh, so what Britain, do you see even numbers? Yeah, I don't know. I don't I don't like the even numbers because then what if I think they're right at six? Then I just break even. There's no fun in that. So, Britton, do you I think guess. Illinois reaches six, or do you think they make it up to seven or eight wins this season? So, I like them at six wins. I think they're still a solid team, but they have lost some pieces um, from last year on the defensive side. They did, did pretty well in the draft this year um, with a couple of kids. You know, good for Illinois, you know, getting some high draft picks this year. Um, they've Definitely. certainly lost some players that I haven't really seen them, uh, them unless they have backups there that I, that I don't know about, you know. I haven't seen them hit the transfer portal or go after some of these kids. So I'm not sure that they're going to, you know, they may take a slight step back, but I think they will be a decent enough team, go to a bowl game and hopefully win a bowl game. Um, I think Belichick's, uh, or Bilma, Belichick, I think Bilma's a good coach uh, there. And and I think he's he's heading in the right direction, but I think Illinois needs to be patient with him. And they, I think they're really happy with him, obviously, right now. But be patient with him this year. And, and they may surprise me, but I, I do think they maybe win six. They could hit the over. I think it's very likely they could hit the seven. But I'm going to go with my gut and say six wins, so I'll take the under on them. I like it. Jeremy, where do you where do you feel there at six and a half for Illinois? I'm going with the over on this one. I know, obviously, everyone knows Illinois' season from last year, having like a lightning in a bottle situation. <laughs> Excuse me. Then, um, like, I know um, they got the uh, – the defensive coordinator from Purdue, I believe. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I, I know so. that's going to be a that's going to be a good chunk for them on their defensive side. And um, it, I think it's I'm going to go with my gut. I'm going to stick with the over on this one. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I like it. I'm, I'm also going to hit the over on them. Uh, I think I do agree with Britain. I think six is probably a good number. But you know, yeah. in, anytime Illinois can make it to a bowl game, that's pretty much a win, and I think that's perfect for Absolutely. Bellama uh, and, and his situation there in Illinois, seeing where he's at. But I'm seeing their schedule. I feel like there's some games that they should be able to win, uh, like Illinois. I think a toss-up uh, with Kansas. I don't really know what to expect from Kansas. We'll talk about them more whenever we get to the Big 12. Um, but then there's some toss-up games like maybe Penn State. Can you squeeze out an upset there? Uh, and then there's FAU and Purdue, I think, should be some wins. Uh, and then there's some of the toss-up, again, like Nebraska. I'm not really sure what to expect out of that matchup. Uh, and then uh, you know another one with Maryland and, and uh, Wisconsin going to Minnesota. 
and then they should be able to beat Indiana, and I would think they can beat Iowa as well. But, you know, I'm seeing some sure wins. I see maybe four or five sure wins, and I feel like they're going to win some of these toss-up games, and I feel like there could be an upset uh, along their schedule too. But overall, I feel like they've got a very easy schedule, so I'm going to hit the over on them. I think they hit seven, possibly eight wins again this year just because of how good they were last year, and I think their defense really showed up last year. Uh, and, and seeing what what they're able to do. You've got three yeah. brand new coaches in the Big Ten this year, absolutely. So it definitely yeah. makes the Big Ten difficult. Like like you know, you talk about uh, Nebraska. Who knows? Matt Rule could be phenomenal. He could come out right away hot. He could come out really slow and have to build. Um, same with uh, Fickle. I mean, there's a lot of talk about Wisconsin. Who knows? Who really knows? Until you know, it, you can do something. Scott Frost has shown it. You can do something with one program and, and not be able to, to replicate that with at another program. Yeah, um, yeah absolutely. Go to another program and have, have extreme success. So, Yeah, it's going to be a fun year at the Big Ten for sure. It's going to be a really new-looking Big Ten. But let's jump over to the Michigan State Spartans at 6.5. Britton, do you see uh, Michigan State hitting over or under 6.5? Uh, I've got them at under. Um, they have lost a lot, lot, a lot of players. Um Michigan State kind of seems like a dumpster fire at the moment. Um, I know they did go, go out and get a few players um, from the transfer portal. Um, nothing that really stuck off the paper to me. Um, but Jesus Christ, they lost a lot of people. Um, I, I'm i not super high on Michigan State this year. I think they take a little bit of a step back, and I could be wrong. Um, but uh, that's uh, that's what my gut's telling me. Yeah, I, I like it. I, I think I'm sticking with the under, too. I'm looking at their schedule right now, and I see four or five games that I, I can give to them. Um, but the other ones are really tough. I mean, they're going to have Washington as a non-conference game. I think Washington, they were, they were my pick to win the Pac-12 this year. So I think Washington's going to be really good. Uh, Michael Penix Jr., uh, he had an amazing season last year. We'll talk more about them when, they, when we get to Big 12. But, yeah, I, it's going to be tough for Michigan State to win Uh six let alone seven games so i'm, I'm picking the under as well jeremy well i'm going to make it three for three i'm going with the under they definitely have a have a tough road this season and like you mentioned josh looking at their schedules i mean looking at towards the end of the season like you got nebraska ohio state indiana penn state all these big teams i mean you got a dog fight for i mean you got a dog fight for just one win in general but you got to stay consistent and do that through the entire season i mean at it all comes down, obviously, like to just try and win one game, one step at a time. But then, just keep looking. You just gotta keep your right mindset, and you just gotta just gotta keep going. But I'm gonna stick with you guys and stick with the under. Well, yeah, even I when like you talk about Michigan State, you know, if you look at like one of their, you know, on paper, one of their easier games would be like IU. Um, IU always plays Michigan State tough, so like even a couple of their their games that they on paper probably should win, like aren't even gimmies for them. So. I just find yeah. it really tough to pick the over on them. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Uh, Purdue is another team that's at six and a half. Uh, Jeremy, do you think Purdue can, with a new head coach and really uh, a, a fairly new roster as well, uh, do you think they're going to be able to hit that over on six and a half? I'm gonna, I'm gonna say no. I'm gonna stick with the under. Like as much as I would like to say yes, but looking at. Um, all, like what you just mentioned, having a new head coach, a lot of new people on the roster, like it's going to take time. Then who knows? I could obviously be wrong. They could, they can come out of the gate looking hot and then just keep the keep the truck rolling all the way down the road. But I mean, 
I'm going to stick with my gun. I'm going to stay with the under on this one. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm I'm looking at their their schedule right now. I just I don't know how they're going to make it through this schedule. Their non-conference schedule is really tough. Um, so they start off with Fresno State, which is a they've been a really good team recently. Uh, and then they go they have Virginia Tech, uh, and then they also have Syracuse. Who let's not let's not forget what Syracuse did last year. Uh, they were making a really good run for the ACC. So I agree with you. I, I think there's only two or three games that I can really give to them. Uh, you know, games like maybe Northwestern and IU. I think that's the only ones I can really give to them on their schedule, though. Um, Britton, are you hitting the over on Purdue? Um, I'm going to have to hit the under, mainly just because it's unknown. Um, like you mentioned, all the all the new players they have in, the new staff, um, new quarterback. Um, again, they, they had a few kids drafted this year as well, um, which is good for Purdue. I think it's going to take uh, take two or three years probably to really, really rebuild Purdue. Um, and when I mean rebuild Purdue, I'm talking about like getting up to the to the six, seven wins uh, consistently. Um, Purdue's, Purdue's not a team that you're going to see win eight or nine games every year or, or go on a run like that. So I, I do think, you know, when they had like Rondell Moore, um, they, they definitely showed some flashes that they could compete in the big, big uh, 10 West. And, you know, last year they had an opportunity um, and then they kind of blew it. And then Iowa had the opportunity and Nebraska beat them and blew it. Like it's big 10 West is just weird like that. It typically comes down to the end. Um, but I do think uh, Purdue's probably going to take a couple of years to really rebuild. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. Um, next on the list is Minnesota at seven and a half. I feel like this is very high. I'm looking at their schedule. They're, they're going to get beat up really early. Uh, so they've got Nebraska, which I think is going to be a tough game for them, regardless of win or lose. I think that's going to be a tough game. Uh, they also have Eastern Michigan. It, it, that's not an easy game. Uh, we've seen Eastern Michigan pull off the upset in, in years past, but they also have North Carolina, who is an outstanding offense. If they have any sort of defense this year, they're going to be a force to reckon with. Um, but then another non-conference game that they have is Louisiana, who's been another very tough team in years past. Uh, so, I mean, a very new team to, to the FBS, too. But I, I just, I'm looking at their schedule. I don't see enough that I can give Minnesota. There's a lot of toss-up games and very tough games for them to win on this. I'm, I'm hitting the over, and I don't think they get close to 7.5. Um, but, Jeremy, what, what are you feeling for Minnesota? I'm kind of sticking. You said the over, Josh, or the under? I hit the under. Okay, I thought you said the over for a second, but I'm kind of in that same boat for Minnesota. Like you mentioned, their season starts out right from the get-go. you got to start strong. But, I mean, um, I'm I'm sticking with the under on this one. Like, Minnesota's – they can surprise you. Yes, I will admit that for some games that they have in the past. But I, I just don't think Minnesota has what it takes to get over that number. I'm just going to stay with the under. Yeah, I like it. Britton, what are you feeling for Minnesota? Over or under 7.5? Uh, I'm going to take the under, but uh, but I want to make it clear that I think Minnesota's going to have a good team this year. I think they can get to that seven wins, um, which would be a really good really good season for them considering their schedule. Um, PJ Blackhawks, I hate that guy, is <laughs> doing, doing a good job there. He really is. Um, so, Again, when I when I say I'm taking the under, it's it's no cut on Minnesota. I just think they have a tough road to get there, and if yeah. they can get over, they're going to be a dangerous team. Yeah, like oh yeah, they, absolutely. They will be a dangerous team. Yeah, so, I think Minnesota. I think Minnesota is probably that dark horse in the Big Ten this year. That if they come out firing probably. and they do hit the the over, I mean, 
I think if they hit the over, they're winning nine or ten games this year. Yeah, so I have Minnesota yeah. right now on at uh, second in the Big Ten West. Towards okay. at the end, okay. they end up second in the Big Ten West. Yeah, I like it. Uh, another team that's at seven and a half is Maryland. Britain, are you high on Maryland? Do you think they're going to hit that over on seven and a half or under? <sighs> Man, this is a tough one for me. I'm going to again go with the under, but I think Maryland's in the exact same boat that uh, Minnesota's in. Yeah. So everything I just said about Minnesota is is exactly the same way I feel about Maryland. Maryland's one of those teams that just somehow started getting better, like yeah. overnight. And, and I it's mean, fun recruiting, recruiting Tulia Tagovailoa as your quarterback. I mean, that was huge. I feel like that was a big turnaround for their program. Um, they have some cool, cool helmets. What was that? Is this his last season there? I think it should be, if I remember I correctly. It is. I feel like he's been there for 15 years. So. <laughs> no, he definitely you know, hasn't been there that no long. Kidding. You know, side but, note, did you know Edson Bennett did not get a did never even graduated from from Georgia? Yeah, no, he didn't. Uh, <laughs> uh, so uh, Tulia is only a junior this year. Really? Oh, really? Yeah. So he does have. He's okay. probably going to be done after this year, but he could have another year ahead of him. So uh, it'll be a lot of fun. Right. But I, I agree with you, Britton. I think Maryland could be a very good team. I just see. Their schedule, I think I see them topping out at seven. I don't think they bump up to eight wins. Uh, Jeremy, what do you feel with Maryland? You pretty much beat me to the punch, Josh. But Maryland's a good team. Like They got a lot of veteran power, both on the offensive and defensive side of the ball. But seven and a half, like that's kind of like my breaking point. I'm going to stick with the under on this one for them. I like it. Uh, and we're jumping over to Britain's rival. Uh, they're sitting there at... Again, I'm going to round everybody up. That's at an even, but they're at eight and a half. Uh, so, man, eight what? and a half. I feel like that is incredibly high for this Hawkeyes team who, let's not forget they had an amazing defense, but that wasn't enough to win for them last year. And I think if you can't put up more than six to nine points, you're not going to get very far. Uh, I'm, I'm going to hit the under. I don't think they win eight wins. I, I think seven is about their cutoff for me. Um, but, Britton, are you high on the Hawkeyes this year? can't believe I'm going to say this. I'm actually going to take the over. I think their really? offense takes a big step this year. Um, I Even really with do. with Brian Ferentz as offensive coordinator still? I think he finally got I think they finally got rid of freaking <laughs> Did I hear that right? I, I did say it. I think they finally got rid of Spencer. That was a problem, man. I could, I could have gone out with a cast on my leg and probably played better quarterback at that position. Yeah. Yeah, Petrus um, was horrible. Uh, I, I didn't like him in there at all. But it's it's right, surprising right. to hear you say that. They did get McCarthy. I think he's a very manageable No, they got uh, Mac, or, McNamara. Yeah, yeah, yeah from Mac, Michigan. McNamara. Yeah, whatever his name is. I think he's a very manageable quarterback, and I think he'll be he'll play really well. They always have a good offensive line, right? The biggest yeah. problem in their offense, honestly, has been quarterback play. Quarterback play has killed them the past few years. Like, absolutely killed them. Well, let's be honest. They they don't really recruit enough athletes on the outside either to help the the quarterback. Uh, I just I I don't ever see like that speedy. Every once in a while, you'll get a George Kittle to come out of uh, out of Iowa, but that's about it. You know, you don't really get those fast wide receivers or tight ends. But yeah, Jeremy, I, have, I have them winning the Big Ten West this year. Yeah, that wouldn't that wouldn't surprise me. I feel like Iowa's that team that could do that. But Jeremy, do you are you feeling as high on? Iowa is Britain is. Jeremy, Jeremy are you alive? Wake up. Maybe he's frozen on our end. 
so we're Jeremy. just we're just gonna uh, maybe Jeremy said the under. have him join back in the under that's what he'll say <laughs> I don't know why he's frozen. I'm gonna I'm gonna boot him and have him join join back in with us here in just a second. But uh, no, I mean I I don't I don't see uh, Iowa getting quite quite as high as you're thinking. But let's go ahead and jump on real quick, just because we are kind of running out of time here. Uh, Wisconsin Badgers. I am gonna be high on Wisconsin. Uh, they're at eight and a half. Uh, I am high on on Luke Fickle there at Wisconsin. I think him bringing in t- Tanner Mordecai uh, as who I'm assuming will be his his uh, starting quarterback, uh, he's going to be great for them. Uh, so I do see a lot of good things coming from there. But uh, I don't know if I see eight uh, eight wins, you know, or in more than eight wins. So I'm I'm going to hit the under on Wisconsin just barely, um, just because I just don't know if first year I can expect that much out of, out of Luke Fickle. Uh, uh-huh, but I, right. I, do, I do expect a lot a lot more uh, here in the future. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. Um, Luke Fickle's unproven right now at at uh, Wisconsin. So yeah, yeah he's you know, great. Great coach did fantastic things at, at uh, Cincinnati. Um, I expect him to do well in the Big Ten, um, but I don't necessarily know what he does first first year. So um, at the moment, I'll I'll, uh, I'll refrain from from taking the over on Wisconsin. But I don't really. I see a scenario where they probably win seven. Yeah, I, I yeah, think I can, they are the third in the Big Ten West. Yeah, I do think that they make it to a bowl game for sure. I could I could definitely see seven, but I think seven's kind of my cap for them. Um, let's jump over to the Penn State Nittany Lions. They're at nine and a half. Uh, do you think Penn State hits nine and a half, or do you think they go over under? That's assuming they lose to Ohio State. I'm going to go ahead and go high on the Nittany Lions this year. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take the over at 10. The over at 10. All right. I like I mean, that. I mean, things are on, the, on their way back up. Unfortunately, they're stuck in the East uh, where you've got Michigan and Ohio State. Can they can they surprise one of those teams this year? Can they knock off Ohio State? You know, I, I'll take the over and uh, see what happens, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I like that, that pick a lot. Uh, it just – it's another one of those things, I man. Once you start to get up to this high, it's really hard to kind of pick uh, if they're going to be able to go with, you know, uh, in in this scenario, ten wins. That's going to be really tough. But if they're able to knock off the Buckeyes, I think, you know, the, you look at their schedule and seeing that they're going to they're going to have to get past Michigan and Ohio State. Uh, it's it's going to be tough. But then they, you know, they have some challenging games in September too because they have West Virginia, Illinois, and and Iowa all there early in their schedule too. So. Uh, it's it's going to be tough, but I think if they can make it through that that first part, I do like the over. Uh, I'm just going to hit the under just because I think nine is right about where I see Penn State. It's just hard seeing too much more than that uh, for 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 Penn State overall. But sure. uh, let's go ahead and jump on. We've got Michigan. They're at eleven and a half. Uh, I'm rounding them up as well. Do you think Michigan has a 12, 12 games undefeated season? Uh, like they did last year, or do you think maybe they have a, a game where they slip up and have a loss throughout the season? I'm gonna take the over. I think Michigan goes to, goes to the playoffs this year and and does some damage. Okay. I think Michigan Michigan's there this year. They weren't quite there last year. They're there now. Um, I'm I I have Michigan winning it all this year. All right. Yeah. I mean, I like it. Uh, I mean, it's 
if you have to pick a team in the Big Ten, I feel like Michigan's got to be them. Uh, you know, I think they have to be that team. So, I mean, I, I do like that, but I just feel like an undefeated season is tough. But to have an undefeated season right after you just now had an undefeated season and you upset Ohio State to pull off that undefeated season, I think that's going to be really tough for them to do. I do think they get past Ohio State uh, again this year. I think they three-peat it. But I just don't know if they're going to be able to go completely undefeated. That's really hard to do. Uh, and yeah, so I think there's a little bit more, more power, uh, more hunger this year after what happened in the playoffs last year. Yeah, yeah, I definitely think so. Uh, and and I'm I'm rooting for them this year. I think I think that's the team in the Big Ten to look at uh, and and to to see really rising up. I think bringing back JJ McCarthy and having uh, Blake Corum still in the backfield. I think that's going to be a really tough team. But I'm going to hit the under just because I think I see 11 wins. I think I see a slip up somewhere. Uh, you know, it's going to be one of those teams that you don't expect, like in maybe in Illinois or you know Maryland, something like that, where uh, they just have a small slip up somewhere along along the way but uh let's jump on to the buckeyes the buckeyes are sitting there also we're rounding them up at 11 and a half do you think the buckeyes have an undefeated season yeah no, well I, michigan I, so yeah pretty easy pick there for the under yeah yeah I, I agree with you i think uh if i've got to look anywhere i think i'm going to look at michigan but it's just hard because I, I, you're losing cj stroud i don't really know what you're bringing in at quarterback uh, I, and then, I, yeah. Probably. Uh, yeah, probably. But I just don't know who you're bringing in. So for me to say that I think you're going to go undefeated just seems like uh, me to kind of talking out my butt. Um, but I, I think Ohio State's still going to be good. I th still think they're going to have a 10 win season at the very least. Uh, so I think they're going to have a good year. I see um, a scenario just... where they have a nine win season because that program is under so much fire right now. Ryan Day's on the hot seat somehow. Yeah, I That's don't I don't I don't know if he really is, though. I think he just is for the fans. Yeah, I, I just I don't I don't think too much more than the fans are really that angry with him. But I, I don't know. I mean, we, we we could see a lot of craziness happen there at Ohio State, and they could go down the wrong path and fire a very good coach. Uh, so let's let's not completely put that out uh, of the scenarios. But no, I just don't see Ohio State going undefeated. Um, so I think it's very easy to take the under on them for this year, but. Man, let's jump over to MLB real quick. But be, I guess before we touch on MLB, uh, let's let's touch on what happened in the softball world um, because both of us are going to have both of our teams in the softball world series, uh, which is a lot of fun to watch. Uh, it's a sport that I feel like I'm constantly telling our listeners, go check it out. Uh, and right now is the perfect time to check it out. I think on Thursday, uh, it's either Thursday or Friday when these games start. Uh, so go check them out. This is going to be a really fun series, to, to, you know, a, a, a world series to watch. Uh, and so to watch these teams, I mean, I got into it because Oklahoma and Oklahoma is phenomenal uh, to being, being able to see uh, the way that, that, that they've played. Um, I see Jeremy was able to jump on, on on the chat. He must be watching on YouTube now. He, we're having some issues on my end, I think is what it is, where I can't get him back in. Um, but uh, it, it's all good. We'll, we'll make sure to kind of keep him in the loop and on everything, too. But uh Seeing everything that's happened in college softball, though, we just had all of the the tournaments for each conference wrap up this past weekend. So I just want to give a little quick shout out. We're not going to talk too much about softball today. We are going to try to do a bracket and either talk about it on Wednesday or Friday's episode, though. Uh, so we're going to kind of touch on the bracket and stuff because that selection came out yesterday. Um, but first, we'll talk out talk about the the Big Twelve. 
the favorite OU. I think anybody in their right mind is going to pick Oklahoma to win it all again this year. Uh, they're, I believe, 51-1 and this season. Uh, I mean, just a phenomenal winning streak. One of the greatest teams, if not the greatest team, uh, at least in the regular season, uh, to have ever done it. So, I mean, just an, an amazing game from them. They just really handled Texas 6-1. to uh, Florida State beats Duke 2-1 to with a walk-off win in the seventh inning. That was a really fun game to catch. Uh, if you didn't catch that game, at least go back and watch the highlights on YouTube or something because that was a really fun matchup in the ACC. Uh, Florida State just barely pulling it out. And they're another, they're another one that's going to be favored to win a lot of the games in, uh, in each of their series. Um, but then in the Pac-12, you have Utah upsetting UCLA 7-4 to in the Pac-12. That one just seemed like a sloppy game, a lot of errors all the way around. Um, but it's Utah's first ever Pac-12 championship. Uh, so that was really fun to watch those girls win that game uh, and come out ahead too. Uh, and, and congratulations to Utah as a school winning the Pac-12 in football and then now going on the first time ever uh, in uh, in Pac-12 history for them to win a Pac-12 championship uh, in, in women's softball. Uh, and then Tennessee beating South Carolina, another an, another very tough win uh, because they, they won 3-1, to one, a really fun game to watch. Again, uh, that one came down to the wire. And Northwestern beats IU 2-1, to one, another very close game coming down to the, the last inning to find out who wins that one. So a lot of really fun in the Power Five. Uh, there were a few other conferences that had some fun games, but like I said, we're going to talk more about softball and kind of fill out our brackets and talk about the brackets as they as they move along. But, uh, you know, I think another team, uh, you know, because Nebraska, I, I, I think that they're in a really good spot with the bracket that they're in. Um, and then, of course, Auburn. Blake's not on to talk about Auburn softball right now, but Auburn is in a really good predicament too. I think if they can get past that first round, they have a really favorable path too. So it's going to be a lot of fun to watch some softball this this uh, this upcoming uh, World Series. Yeah, I'll definitely have to tune in. Yeah, I mean it's it's been it's been a lot of fun so far. I've been trying to keep up with it all season long, just because again I think it's really easy to do so as an Oklahoma fan. But let's talk a little bit of MLB. Uh, first off, we'll kind of start off with we we talked about the Red Sox a few episodes back when they were on a hot win streak. I think they won eight in a row but then just kind of took a little dive since they really haven't been doing too well, but they've been facing some really tough teams. They've gone against, uh, you know, let's see, I think the Blue Jays and the uh, the Cardinals, and they've also gone, gone against uh, the Phillies. So it's been a tough road for them, but they're still staying above. And the main reason why I bring Boston up is because we look at the AL East. So, of course, first off, you've got Tampa Bay, who's been phenomenal this year at 74% win percentage. I, I mean, Tampa Bay, they have been on fire and rolling over everybody in their way uh it's it's been amazing to watch them this season and a team that i didn't expect to be as good as they are um, but shout out to tampa bay and the al east as a whole because everyone in the al east is above 500 i mean that that is that seems like the division to be paying attention to this season man yeah uh i i've honestly probably paid more attention to the cubs than anything and on most days i wish i wouldn't <laughs> Um, they're currently down four nothing against Houston, so there's that. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's just been a weird a weird season to try to follow and and, and pay attention way more closely. Um, you know, because you've got teams like the Phillies who make it all the way last year and uh, weren't able to win it, but they they make it all the way. They've been kind of having a struggling start. They're sitting at 500. Uh, the Astros are sitting there just above 500. 
Uh, they're 21 and 19. Uh, you know, so just to kind of see some of these teams just kind of starting off a little slow. Um, but then you've also seen teams like Boston. Uh, you know, I, I mentioned in the beginning of the season, I was going to try to follow them. That, that was going to be my team. And they kind of started off really rough, which I think we kind of expected, but then just had that win streak uh, and, and then now kind of just steadying out. Um, but then teams like the Yankees, again, another great team last year. And I think the injury bug is more to blame than anything. Um, but the Yankees just have not been good this season. It seems like they're starting to get back on, on the right track, but they're still up at 54, 55 and a, uh, you know, 55% on, on win percentage right now. So uh, it's, it's been a really fun year to, to watch the MLB and kind of keep up with it. Yep, and Cubs are currently sitting under 500. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean it's it's going to be a rough season for the Cubs. I mean, there's a lot of baseball to play too, uh, you know. And that's that's the good thing is that you can watch the first half of the season and be frustrated with your team, and then watch them come in a complete swing, uh, you know, completely turn things around in the second half of the season to make a good run. I'm just ready for college football. Yeah, yeah definitely. Uh, and Jeremy jumps in the chat real quick. He says. Uh, Cardinals definitely have been having a good season so far after watching last night's game. Your Boston Red Sox, Josh, also can't can't sleep on the Twins. Uh, and then he says, no, Britain, I wasn't uh, taking a nap. Uh, <laughs> but, yeah, so it, it really has been a lot of fun. And, of course, he's going to try to take a digs at my Red Sox there. Yeah, his Cardinals were able to, to, to whoop up on the Boston. Uh, but it was, it was uh, pretty tough. But Jeremy said he wasn't taking a nap, only my friend Carson – uh, Carson Turner takes naps during the middle of things. <laughs> I'm not sure what that's supposed to refer to, but I'm, I'm assuming Carson knows what, what he's talking about there. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm, I'm just like you, and I'm ready for college football to, to hit. Uh, we've got our, our tailgate tour that we're really excited to bring uh, to our, our watchers, our listeners, uh, to our audience. And so it's going to be a lot of fun to bring that uh, and to kind of jump around and, and just kind of get the experience of tailgating. Uh, and, and going to several different stadiums to do so. Uh, so it's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, it's going to be something we're going to have to try to figure out what our schedule is going to be like on Saturday mornings, if we're able to do our, our Saturday night spe- or our Saturday morning special or what we're, what we're going to do there. But uh, we'll make sure to have plenty of content when it comes to college football season for sure. But until college football season, of course, we're going to have to keep on talking about these NHL and NBA playoffs. I'm sure there will be plenty of other stories to be keeping up with. We're going to have to maybe pay more attention to the MLB and see what's going on there, especially as these playoffs start to wrap up. Here pretty soon, it's just going to be baseball, and that's about it. Uh, and so, yeah. Yeah, it, It's been a little hard to follow baseball with uh, all the playoffs going on right now. Yeah, yeah, it really has been. And it's another thing, too, whenever baseball plays during the middle of the day when most people are, are working and stuff like that, too. But uh, it's been a lot of fun. It's been real, and we appreciate everyone for watching, for listening. If you're watching on YouTube, make sure to hit that subscribe button. Hit the like button, too, and go ahead and leave a comment down below so we can read it and see what you're up to and see what your takes are, uh, whatever it is that you, you want to comment down below. It just helps us beat the algorithms. Uh, and also share it. Uh, follow us on social media. We're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and we're also working on TikTok. Uh, so make sure to follow us on all those platforms and keep up with, with us there. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, wherever you listen to podcasts, make sure to sub- subscribe. Um, but then also do us a favor and give us a five-star review that helps us out big time. Uh, so we just we really have appreciated all of you guys and everything that you've been able to do for us and, and given us the opportunity to keep this show going uh, and, and keep on growing. So it's been a lot of fun. We appreciate you all so much. And until next time.